This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Are you thinking about doing your own podcast, but you don't know how? Well, have you heard about Anchor? It's actually the platform that I'm hosting through this right now. And yes, it's free. Not only is it free, it's super easy to use. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. It's really that easy. And guess what? You can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's a big deal. So it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Five, four, three, two, one. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. You guys already know on the Thursdays, it's going to be me and Joseph Jitsu Japanese Akawa. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Uh, I am a Joseph Jitsukawa. Dude, I read somewhere in the comments, they're like, sometimes I just like it when it's just you two. I do. I think that's the OG cast, man. Yeah. People don't know how many failed attempts at this podcast I've had with some people. <laughs> oh, you had to delete them? I think I've canned uh, four. Whoa, because it was just me. I, I, I think what people also don't understand sometimes is they go, oh, we would like it if you would just, you know, you would let them speak more. I would love it, too. I would fucking love it, too. But yeah. how we curate these conversations is that I have to poke and prod at the right topics and the right questions and relate it back to me. So they feel comfortable enough to talk about their personal experiences. <laughs> so it, I can't just go right into it and expect yeah. somebody to open up. That's yeah, if you don't have rapport. Exactly. Yeah. So for me, I, I I think that's like the tricky thing about doing podcasts is to really be able to get somebody to be comfortable enough to tell you know, strangers the details in their lives. Yeah, not everyone's going to say, let's talk about hand jobs like, like me. <laughs> yeah. Like I'll go straight into it, dude. I don't give a fuck. Dude, that's, that's why like I remember when the podcast first came up, I had to address certain comments like that. Yeah. You know, well, you talk a lot about yourself and they talk about their sums later. Like why can't you, they Because you have to open up yourself in order for someone, you socially fucking dumb people. <laughs> don't you know that in order to, to get someone to feel comfortable, you have to give a lot of information about yeah. yourself first to show, hey, check out my balls. Yeah. <laughs> and then they'll be like, well, look at my vagina. You know, like <laughs> yeah, that's how it, you, you got to show it before they show it. Um, but also I think they're, they're only thinking from a viewer's perspective where yeah. they've heard your story or they, they know about you. Let's know about the guests. But it's like, bitch, that's not how it works all the time. Yeah, there's a, there's a warm-up phase too. It's just, it's like, for example, if I brought one of those commenters on here, right? You think that you would just come out and just tell a really great, concise story about your personal life and just nope. like divulge everything? You absolutely nope. would not. You need to feel comfortable first. And in, in most cases too, when you watch an interview, people are prepped and mm -hmm. also they're promoting something. So they're coming in and they're like, I have this new book or I'm on this new movie or on this new show. And then like when you're on the talk show or fucking anything, like it's rarely with average people. They're all entertainers or yeah. something like that. So, um, yeah, those people are fucking dumb. Yeah, it's it's interesting too. I just I've always had to address it in a certain way because I don't want to, you know, because I like people who support the stuff and I understand where you're coming from. But you got to realize just how socially awkward that is for me to just be like, so, um, oh yeah, so when did your dad show uh, his dick to you as a kid? You know, you know that'll like, be like between two ferns. <laughs> like the Zach Galifianakis thing. That's that's what it is. Did you? So I saw this one clip of him um, talking to Aquafina, and uh, he was like. So when did you become a rapist? <laughs> and she's all like, a rap, a rapper, a rap. And you go, oh, oh, wait, what? It says here, rap, raping. 
And he goes, no, rapping. <laughs> Yo, I didn't know Aquafina is half Korean, half Chinese. Really? She's half Korean. Oh, that explains a lot. <laughs> I was like, ah. Oh. Because the Koreans back her up like crazy. Yeah. You know, it's like, I never seen Koreans back up a Chinese person so hard. At first, when I looked at her face, I was like, dude, that's a fucking chunky face if I've ever seen one. <laughs> oh, fucking shit. <laughs> oh, did we? God oh, damn. That's fucking tight. Damn it. Oh, what happened here? So uh, what happened is I just tried to adjust the mic and it just popped the hell off right now. How do we walking this one, huh? <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what the hell to do. So this one went here originally. Oh, it goes here like this. And then a fucking glass cup just fell. Oh, it's okay. See, this is this is my problem is I jerk <laughs> around with the mic too much. And I'm over here. Um, I don't know, man. I, I have to get it like at the right place. Let me let me see this real quick. Fuck this. I'll do this whole thing like this. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Um, yeah, so uh, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, so so the ease of our conversation, right? Yeah. Like, that's what people have to be a little bit forgiving is David has real ass people, like real human beings that are sometimes not entertainers or maybe they're musicians or something that's like... Their talking isn't their craft, so they don't know how to deal with things like this. Like just the other day, I was watching this pretty fucking funny interview, and um, it was with these Instagram models. And you know the stere- the stereotype is Instagram models have no personality, and it couldn't be anywhere. It's it's that's the truth, bro. Like they're talking, and then this girl was like, big titties, booty, fucking beautiful as hell. And then he's like, so uh, what brings you to California? Um, modeling. Boom. That's it. And then, and then he, and he's like, oh, uh, okay. Uh, and then literally one, like, one-worded answers. And a lot of people do that. But in real conversation, that's what happens is people just sit there and they'll be like, yes, no. Let's Maybe so. All right, we got this done. We got this fucking made. Yeah, because I, I think sometimes people think that they're like, oh, I really want to hear their personal story. And I'm pretty sure if they were not in front of a camera and a mic, they'd be able to open up because a lot of the times when you're put onto the spot, it's like public speaking, right? Yeah. Not, everybody has an interesting story, but not everybody's a storyteller. <laughs> That's the hard part. That's true. There's a lot of people who have great stories, but just tell the storytelling part is the is the really difficult part oh yeah so i i it's i guess like maybe on my job i'm i'm really trying to get them to open up without just being like what happened here cuz that's where the conversation kind of goes a little odd for me and i think sometimes tr- people try to put on a show but when you get people to cry mm, so amazing <laughs> i've never been in the room but you know i've seen yeah when they when they cry it always throws me off a little bit too cuz there's like episodes where i start tearing up cuz they throw me off i'm not trying to make somebody cry but I, think I just what, make people angry. <laughs> Dude, I'm going to go to Vietnam. I know, man. You're going to go when? In like a couple weeks. The Vietnam. No, not even yeah, a couple weeks. Like a few days. This week. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's crazy, man. Are you ready? I'm ready, dude. I've been, oh, man. I, I just, I feel like I need it. Like I need to get out of here. I, need, I just need a reset in my life. You know, traveling to me is one of the best things I've ever decided to do in my life. Yeah. I think when I was so fucking broke, traveling wasn't even an option. Yeah. It wasn't even an option. I didn't think about traveling outside of, I don't know, Sacramento just to go to LA. 
Yeah. And then if somebody told me like, yo, do you want to go to Australia? I'm like, no, nah, why the fuck would I want to go there? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Oh, really? It would be some shit like that. Wow. I've always loved to travel and always wanted to go to travel. I just didn't have the money. I think because every time I traveled, I was a missionary. <laughs> That's was I, it boring for you when you traveled as a, as a kid, like for church and stuff? It wasn't boring because I had all those great, you know, f- fun church activities, yeah. but it was always for religious purposes. So mm. I, I was... I was exploring certain parts of the country, like for example, like Mexico, like in certain parts of Tijuana. Yeah. That wasn't very touristy. I wasn't out there, you know, sea diving for clams. Oh, and no. Like, yeah. Dude, I was in a, a, a garbage heap um, helping out these kids who were looking for scrap metal parts, praying with them. Like that's what I was doing. Mm. So it wasn't the type of travel that most people thought. I mean, I got a great like religious and spiritual experience from it, but it wasn't what normal people think traveling is. You know how they say it's not where you're at, it's who you're with? Mm, yeah. I was pretty fortunate that I had some goofball-ass buddies. Yeah. And we could be in literal shit, like, situations like that where, like, we stayed in Tijuana where there's gunshots all night. But, man, like, the shit that they would do and laugh at and 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 we would kind of bully some kids, like, it would just be laughs all day long. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, there was this one kid that, like, he had a shit really bad, right? And then so... um the pastor was like, fuck, we can't stop. Like, we got to go pull off to the side of the road. And so this fool runs outside <laughs> into the forest to take a shit, right? <laughs> and then my buddy Eddie goes, <laughs> and then he follows his ass. And we're we're all looking out of the van. And the pastor was trying to tell him, like, no, don't fucking do that. We didn't say that way. He was like, come back in, Eddie. And then so he doesn't know that Eddie's trailing behind because he has to shit so bad. He's running back. And apparently, Eddie waits till this dude takes off his pants so he could shit, and then he scares him. He scares him. He falls and he sla- and he smashes his butt on his shit. Eddie comes running back, laughing his fucking ass off, dude. Oh my god, that's fucking disgusting. I know. <laughs> that's fucking and disgusting. Then, and he tells all of us, and then of course the pastor yells at his ass and all that. He gets in trouble, and then um his name was George, but he comes out with his hands in his pocket and he's trying to play it off and he's walking with this like gangster lean like a pimp and he's walking really slow back from the forest and everyone knows that this guy fell and he sh- and he shit himself and this is this is pretty horrible but like we were like 13 <laughs> or 12 or something that when this happened doesn't make it right but yeah but things like that like uh we would just fuck around and um i we just have so many great memories like that that's so fucking funny man i church Retreats are interesting because you're in a group of people that you don't really know until you spend the night with them. Oh, yeah. For three or four days straight. Yeah. There was this dude that I know. Um, he's actually a YouTuber or used to be a YouTuber, but his older brother, uh, he actually became a special ops in the Marines. But he was so fucking gung ho about the military and about going in like he would do the you know those pre-military tests to get into the marines or whatever yeah. he would practice that shit since he was 13 make sure that he had like 100 pull-ups and do all this other stuff uh went to a retreat couldn't fucking find this fool mm-hmm. right we didn't know where he was this fool i shit you not the first night slept in a tree why because he wanted to be incognito and do some military shit so was he, he did he just come out of like ranger school or some shit no or? he was like 16 he didn't go oh. to the military yet <laughs> So this fool was watching us in a tree, slept in there, had binoculars in the whole getup, the whole outdoor getup. He did the whole fucking military like Rambo paint to his face and he slept in a fucking tree. I can't make this shit up. 
<laughs> so we saw that. Saw He's this living one. his dream now, yeah. huh? The next day, he had. I mean, well, he became special ops, which is dope. So Damn. He, committed but yeah. <laughs> imagine how fucking weird that is it's like bro we're at a religious christian retreat what the fuck are you doing man because he doesn't get a chance to camp so when he finally gets it he's like here's my chance dog it's fucking crazy and uh one time <laughs> uh so he was actually really like tech savvy too so whenever i had um like <laughs> computer problems he would help he me out a you know what this fool did to me once what uh, I came into his house his parents were there this fool had all the lights off he fucking jumped me in his house Took me and he hogtied me with zip ties like what? this, like back with my hands uh, attached to my fucking ankles. Was he a big dude? No, he wasn't. He was just really strong. <laughs> oh, no. And he was like four years older than me at the time. Oh, so I was shit. like, what, 15, 16? And he hogtied me. And he was smaller than you? Uh, Close to height, but very skinny. Wow. And he fucking jumped me and he hogtied me. <laughs> and when he hogtied me, this fool went and took a shower. And he so left you me left like, you there? For like 20 minutes and no. he came back out and he undid that for me fucking psychopath that's fucking crazy dude, dude korean korean people are fucking crazy man oh yeah yeah he was really i mean he was super nice after but he- yeah i think the bullying like i because i went to um some korean churches and i had korean friends and then like it was very similar like the bullying yeah you know, we talked about this before and all that so like when people hear about the bullying like of what my buddy eddie did it's like they might be like oh my god that's so fucked up especially now yeah but back then, there was a lot of love behind it. I think that's what, not the bullying, but then but then you take care of each other too. Yeah. Like, so it's a balance. It's not like hate bullying. It's kind of yeah. like, yeah, you do shit like that. But then later, it's like, you know, George is hungry. And then like, you know, something happened or whatever. And then you're like, oh yeah, like give him my food. Or like, you'll do things like that. Yeah. And you take care of each other and you show love to each other. And I'm like, uh, th- those are the things that I kind of, probably should talk about too to balance it out so people get a clear picture of the culture yeah because there's a lot of it's like a frat like there's a lot of um, like weird camaraderie yeah it's like hazing yeah because you still love the dude and then but you you bully the fuck out of him but it yeah it builds that yeah i remember i i could dude i think if i just sat here and i talked about all the times I saw somebody get bullied at church, I guess, or hazed. Yeah. I, you, we would be here for hours because I have so many fucking stories. Like, I remember I got purple nurpled so hard, my whole chest was bruised. Oh, man. He bruised my whole fucking chest because he purple nurpled me. Super fucking bad. And then remember, because, um, you know, Korean people have the, th- the, th- the fucking thong chim thing. Where yeah. They oh, that's how they do it? With yeah. the fingers? Yeah, like this. And they stick it yeah. up your fucking asshole and shit. What's wrong with them, dude? We call it kancho. And you clap your hands like you're praying, and oh. then you stick that in the butt. <laughs> we go yeah. straight to the source. Dude. Wow. Yeah, it's called a tongchim, and they would do shit like that. If to they us. bent over, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's also, I remember this dude, his name is uh, Big James. Uh, he was a fucking giant. Big James, big old dude. Uh, I think he went to like St. Louis on like a football scholarship. I can't remember, but it was some other like butt fuck nowhere state that he went to on, on a football scholarship he he went to a high school called christian brothers and they're known for christian their, brothers yeah it was like a private school <laughs> uh, a, a christian private school and they were known for their sports and their athletics this guy big james was so fucking big he used to scare the fucking shit out of me man i his calves i just remember his calves being disgustingly huge like he could when he would flex it, it would split into two like wow. two like two chicken breasts wow and this fool uh remember one time like i think he was like trying to toughen me up and he just kept hitting me in the forehead with the front of his knuckle mm. in my fucking forehead. And then if I would if I would try to dodge that, he would knee me in my balls. Oh. Like he would do some shit. And he was so big. Like, what was like, I was a big kid. So imagine how big he was. Yeah. He was a fucking big ass dude. I mean, he's not like that anymore. 
But I just remember him being fucking frightening as hell to me. And there was this other dude. His name was Johan. Johan, one time fucking pissed James off. And I legit, that was the first time I think I saw a guy realize that he just might die. What? Because so, so Johan had a habit of being a fucking asshole. Uh, he's married now. I'm pretty sure he's a nice dude. But he was a super hyper emotional dude. I got fucking stories about him for days. Um, but Johan, he, so you know Korean people play ping pong and shit. Yeah. He broke one of the paddles. So James's dad at the church, he was a deacon. Oh. And he actually paid for all the paddles. Uh-huh. So James got really upset because Johan got pissed off playing playing ping pong. And he yeah. snapped one of the paddles. And there was already a, a habit of people breaking the paddles and not fessing up to who did it. Oh. But he saw James break or yeah. Johan break it. And then James came up to him. He goes, hey, bro, like my dad pays for that stuff. He goes, you need to pay for that. And he goes, I'm not fucking paying for that shit. And he goes, nah, you need to pay for that. My dad keeps take, taking money out of his pocket to pay for these ping pong yeah. paddles. He goes, and fucking just throws it right at him. Oh, oh, that's disrespectful. James, there was like this metal folding chair. Yeah. I thought James was the Hulk. James, I remember James looks at him. He turns over to the chair and he kicks it as hard as he can. And, can, and the fucking cha- metal chair bent inwards in half. It collapsed in itself. He, oh, wow. Like those steel fucking WWF wow. chairs. It, he kicked it and it collapsed into itself like a dying star. And then He kicked it like it was a Coke can. Like it was nothing, dude. Damn. And he just turns to Johan and Johan just goes, I'm sorry. <laughs> dude, I was like, I wow. never saw that much fear in an adult's eyes before. Wow. And, th- and this is when they were grownups. This is, I guess he's not an adult. I think he was like 18 and James oh, probably yeah. was like in his, he was like. But they weren't kids anymore. No, they, they were, were like college kids. kids or whatever. Yeah. They were college and high school yeah. or something like that. And that was the first time I think I really saw somebody. I actually thought that he was going to die. Damn. It was fucking crazy. That's crazy. Well, there's just a lot of those like weird punking bullying situations. This podcast is brought to you by Purple. Have you ever felt unsupported in your life? Have you ever felt that there are just people in your life that haven't had your back? Well, that's pretty normal. But let me tell you something right now. You shouldn't expect that type of treatment from your mattress. And Purple, my friends, will have your back and make you feel supported. I don't think people realize how much time they spend on their back or their side sleeping. Sleeping is a huge part of your life. Specifically, sleeping well and the quality of your sleep helps out with everything in life, including cognitive cognitive ability, uh, weight loss, all this stuff, scientific, I swear. Uh, and on top of the science part that I'm talking about, let's talk about the purple mattress being built by rocket scientists. The technology behind it is somehow is firm and soft at the same time. It has a material and the way that it breathes, it keeps me cool at night. Uh, I sweat a lot when I sleep. I get super hot. I'm always running hot all the time. And I've been sleeping on these springy box mattress type of mattresses. And and this was before the purple mattress. So ever since I've had that, I've slept really cool. My back feels great. And it's probably the best purchase I've ever made in my life, my friends. So check this out. You're going to love purple. And right now, my listeners will get a free purple pillow with the purchase of a mattress. That's in addition to the great free gifts they're offering site-wide. Just text BRAIN to 84-888. The only way to get this free pillow is to text BRAIN to 84-888. That's B-R-A-I-N to 84-888. Yeah, but that's crazy. I didn't know that you didn't really like to travel back in the day. Mm-mm, this was something new. The first time I got a taste of like really traveling, and it's not even really traveling, um, was when I went to Hawaii. With uh, us? No, for collaboration. 
Oh, when you met Nancy and all that. That was the first time I went to Hawaii. So outside of that, you never really traveled, traveled like for work or anything? Uh, I went to different states, but they were all for stand-up. Oh, yeah. So when you have that work on your mind, you can't enjoy it because it's kind of all yeah. that pressure. The, yeah. the first time I ever went to Hawaii was through collaboration. And that's where I met Nancy and Sam. And uh, stayed there and they kind of showed me on Hawaii a little bit. And I was like, yo, man, this this is a place that's in the United States, but it's so different from what I have. Yeah. And I think that kind of sparked my interest a lot. And the first time I did like international travel, like for fun fun, was when we went to Japan together. Really? Yeah, because oh, other times shit. I went to Korea, it wasn't for fun. It was family stuff. Oh, so, without parents, that's a different experience. Exactly. Yeah. So when we went to Japan was my first time. And then I was just like, this is nice like yeah. this is like uh, seeing how other people live how they behave the biggest culture shock too by the way was kind of seeing how respectful japanese people were in terms of rules and laws yeah right so if it says if there's a sign in a subway that says you do not chew gum you don't eat or whatever right everybody abided by that shit and if you didn't it was like what the hell are you doing yeah you know and i think i i started to realize yo you know we always talk about how people live differently from us, but when I see it firsthand, it, it, it actually made me change perspective. Oh, it blows your mind. It blew my fucking mind, man. Like yeah. I, I was shocked. Just for, for me, it's, it was culture shock going to Japan back in the day only because I am Japanese, but I grew up in America. So my gateway to Japan was my parents, my relatives, and my church. Yeah. Other than that, like the rest of my world is America, right? So when I go to Japan, it's almost like a bigger version of my family and my church. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, cause, yeah. Because I don't know any other point of reference. And then so it's just weird because like we live very multiculturally, right? And I'm like, maybe this is how white people feel like when they live in an all-white neighborhood and they come to LA or something. And it's like, whoa, this is still America and it's mm. different. Because um, for me, I'm just so used to like being around non-Japanese, mm -hmm. like, you know, it might be other Asians or, or Mexicans or like, I probably know more Mexican culture than I do Japanese culture, but like being around Japanese people 24 seven was weird, but calming. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, it's just different because you're not used to being the majority. You ever feel too, there was a certain point in my life, like, I don't think I hated being Korean, but it was more along the lines of, I didn't really identify myself as a Korean until I started to get older. Oh. And, and I started realizing there were certain attributes, just, I mean, number one, I was born in Korea. My parents are, uh, they don't speak any English. And I think that, I don't think I was ashamed of my culture but I didn't identify with it very well. Mm -hmm. And I, and you know, I just grew up in a very diverse area. So it was, and I didn't know too many Korean people outside of my church. And I wasn't that close to a lot of the church members except for a few people. So I, I don't think I kind of realized like how important my culture was to who I am and my upbringing and the way that I think until I started getting older mm -hmm. and I started hanging around other Korean people. I'm like, oh, we actually have a lot of like like-minded things mm. and it's because it's from a cultural aspect like for example i thought i would never be with a korean girl oh and now you know being with mariel yeah i realized how important it was for me to be with somebody who understands korean culture oh yeah yeah that makes sense the way i view the world yeah. um how i view like 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 familial like piety and stuff like that um how i see family 
friend uh, dynamic. Friend dynamic. Yeah. It's all very Korean. Eating etiquette. Yeah. Table conversation. Yep. All that stuff. Yeah. And then a lot of Asians can relate to each other because mm-hmm. it's similar. Yeah. It's rooted. Our philosophy is rooted in Confucianism. And um, even though we might grow up Christian, there's still a lot of Buddhism, Confucianism, and that kind of stuff just in the subtleness of the culture that yeah. we all kind of tie us, regardless if you're Filipino or whatever. Um, it all That's why we have that mutual Asian understanding with a few like differences, but majority, yeah, you know, we get along, we get it. I, I wonder if, sometimes I wonder too, um, not to say that I took the easy route in terms of a relationship, just, you know, dating somebody who's Korean. Yeah. Um, because a lot of the stuff was self-explanatory because she already grew up in it. Yeah. So I didn't have to explain it. If I just, if it was that the easier route for me than being with somebody who was not within my culture. I don't know. Um, because, you know, like being in a serious relationship with Jess, even though we didn't work out, I feel that in some ways that was easier, even though it wasn't the same culture. Yeah. But then again, I've never been with a Japanese girl. I've been with other Asian girls. Mm. And so that's not the same culture. So it's just it's just kind of similar because it's Asian. Yeah, there's this weird thing. Like even when I when I look at Mariel and then we have conversations and then I'll say something in Korean, right? There was There's like a weird comfort to it. I don't know what it is, but it makes yeah. me feel a lot more connected to her. I can see that. You know? Yeah, because um, even with my Japanese friends, right? Like I have my super Americanized, like their grandparents can't even speak Japanese. Yeah. Uh, and then I have my like straight from Japan friends and even Hawk. Like Hawk is British Japanese. Oh, he's fluent in Japanese, right? Yeah. But there is a certain thing that ties us all. Even like, you know, like Ryan, like, like he's pretty much white. Oh, I forget he's Japanese. Yeah. Yeah. But the, but the way he, his mannerisms are the way he thinks or handles stuff a little bit. I'm Japanese. like, that's pretty Japanese. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's weird. It's, it's, it's weird because it's like, how does that piece of you continue on? Yeah. I always wondered that too. Yeah. Like, um, like my mom always says too, and my dad, he goes, you know, no matter how much you try to deny your, who you are, or where you came from, it'll always seep out of you. Yeah. It, it, it you, you think you're better than where you're from, but you're not, you know, like you yeah. are, you are there's something in your blood is what they say. Yeah. You know, I, I, yeah, for me, I feel like I'm a, I'm a mix of everything, but yeah. it's, I never felt ashamed or to me, it was the opposite from you. It was like, everyone just called me Japanese or they called me Chinese or Asian. So mm-hmm. that's what I thought I was Yeah, until I went to Japan. The mm. older I got, the more I realized I'm an American. Yeah. Cause I didn't know what American was. You know, when you're a kid, you grow up and you think American and you go white people. Yeah. That's just kind of in your head from school and, and just all this stuff. Right. And, uh, you know, you are, but you, what you really are is your race. Yeah. In America, it's like, you know, you know, you're, you're, you're a, uh, American, but you're like Asian first. Yeah. Right. That's what you think. And then when I traveled and I'm like, I look like, or they kind of look like me, but this is not my country and we do not think the same. Yeah. And that's when I was like, oh, you know what? American is a state of mind and life. And it's a different thing from how it's like, it's, it's to me, it's, it's more about how um, you go by thinking and doing life Yeah. versus like tradition or mm-hmm. whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, 
I might have done a video on this back in the day, but I was talking about how people had this weird perception of what an American is, specifically our parents, right? And it's weird to us because we've kind of evolved from whatever trials and tribulations they went yeah. trying to be an American, right? Mariel tells me the story of her mom making sure that she would eat McDonald's so she would be more accepted as an American, <laughs> right? Hey, make sure that you eat hamburgers. Yeah. Make sure that you eat French fries because if not, these American people won't accept you and you won't be considered American. That could have been true in her parents' generation. Yeah, and yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of, like for example, like Japanese people yeah. who were born here a few generations and their parents were scared for their kids. Like don't speak Japanese, yeah. don't even try that shit. So just only know English. Mm -hmm. And so they don't know anything about Japanese culture. They can't speak the language because it was just, it was taught, it wasn't taught to them yeah. for a very specific reason. And I think from those type of experiences, a lot of people now have this weird perception of what it is to truly be an American. Yeah. Is it to assimilate into this white culture or or now for, for me, like definitively what being American is, is taking pride in your culture and living in this country and kind of, you know, building your dream. Yeah. I think for me, it's really about um, the whole foundation and the philosophy of this cult, this nation. You know, it's about the pursuit of freedom. Um, and what freedom means to me is basically the freedom to think the way you want to. Say Choice. what you want to, as long as you're not um, doing anything illegal. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if you don't have the freedom to threat or whatever, obviously. Yeah. But you're you're free to have opinions, and you're 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 free to um, pretty much have a lifestyle that you want to do, and carve your own lifestyle and do your own job, your own passion, your and contribute to society the way you want to. Yeah. And it's a lot of that because in traditional culture or like specifically Japanese culture, I think um that doesn't exist. Yeah. You know, it's it's really it's more like based off of what you your parents want you to do or what society is telling you to do. And we have that a little bit here, mm -hmm. but I think that that idea of I can make it on my own. I can do what I want. I can do something different. I love that. I love the whole like idea of um, challenging authority if you want to. And good, solid authority should be able to take challenges. And that's what makes you stronger, you yeah. know, versus traditional culture. It's like never talk about the leader, never challenge the leader, stay, know your place and, and keep your head down and things like that. And for me, I, I, I don't like vibe with that. I think a lot of people also take for granted how we have this, this thing that surprisingly people don't understand that not everybody has, which is choice. Yeah. We have a choice. Mm -hmm. You you have a choice to pursue an education or not. You have a choice to be rich. You have a choice to be poor. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times, like especially like think about people who still invoke like a caste system, right? Like yeah. you are classified. If you have this last name, you're from this clan or whatever. This is who you are, and this is where you'll stay. In it life. wasn't long ago that Japan had that. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy, right? And yeah. and in this country too, what I really do appreciate is like I I have we have so many options that we're burdened with options. Yeah, that's that's the craziest thing to me. We, we, we have, have so many options of food, we get fat. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like we have such an abundance of food to the point where people are dying more for being obese than they are for starving. I know. And it's crazy. And I think some people that are born here, they don't know how to appreciate it. Because once I um, traveled all over mm -hmm. and then I made friends internationally and I heard 
like the struggles that they had to go through it's difficult to open up businesses even in countries like um japan and australia who are nations that they're not poor countries you know but they have it way harder than we do when it comes to opening up businesses uh with regulations and taxes and shit like that. America makes it really easy for the common man to to be somebody. Yeah. And that's why everyone's always coming here. You know, yeah. it's like there is an American dream, but I think people that are born here, they don't see it. I, I had a conversation with this guy in an Uber driver while I was out in New York. He, I, I can't remember what part of Africa he was from. But uh, might have been Ghana. But he was talking about, you know, I just chopped it up with him. I was like, oh, when did you come to the States? And it was like three years ago. I was like, bro, your fucking English is great for somebody who just came to a country three years ago. And he goes, oh, well, you know, from where I'm from, like they teach us how to speak English. Oh, cool. Um, and I was like, still, even if they taught you how to speak English, you could tell like he learned a majority of his English while he was here. Mm-hmm. But I asked him. You know, it's like, what's the biggest reason why you came here? He goes, well, I have a cap and I know how much I'm going to make over there. He goes, I like, even if I'm here, just, you know, a lot of people might not look at Uber driver as a very luxurious job. He goes, but for me, I could make money here. I could send some back and I get to have an apartment. And yeah. He goes, that's, that's crazy to me. And so, you know, just that perspective alone. And that's why I also like traveling too. It gave me perspective. That's why that, those mission trips helped me out a lot. Yeah. It's like, oh shit. Some, some kids didn't really take away what I took away from it, but it was like, Yo, man, like I got it pretty fucking good, man. True. And then and, and, I don't know. It, it all depends because how people receive that information. Like there are people out there that see it and then they're just like, well, fuck, sucks to be them. Not my not my problem. Right. Yeah. And then like I'm just the type of person that's like, fuck, that could be me. Mm. I could be this guy. I am so fucking lazy. I could never live like this guy. Yeah. Because. I don't want to. Like, I know a guy in my karate club. I think he's from Ghana, too. He's from Africa. Um, but uh, he, he he's already a doctor over there. But then, like, they don't have, like, the transferable licenses. Yeah. So he has to do, he has to do this over again. all over again from the beginning. Can you imagine that? Like, going to medical, doing, paying your dues, becoming a doctor, working at a hospital, and then you come back here. You got to do it all over again. And he's like, it is worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about me. Yeah, I was, I was like, so you live out here with your whole family. And, you know, he's a student and a TA and he does all this stuff. And I'm all like, you're overqualified. Yes. And I'm all like, and okay, so and he's busy, dude. And he still has time to do karate. And I'm all like, you are crazy. Exactly. Yeah. And then he's like, but. I have been wanting to come to America all my life. Yeah. <laughs> when I have a chance, I am going to take it. Yeah. <laughs> if I have to do this all over again, it doesn't matter. Eh, whatever it is. I'll, yeah, but yeah. that kind of stuff makes me go, man, when I'm out here and I'm tripping about YouTube algorithms and I'm like thinking about things that are like so petty, it just it just snaps me back into perspective. Like, shut up. And yeah. That's what I'm saying, man. Sometimes... Yeah, you know, I, I think that's good for us, though, that we, we do have this mentality of, oh, you know, yeah, it sucks right now because of the perspective, right? It's when things are good, it's okay to feel bad about it. It's just that sometimes I don't, I don't think people understand when they use this phrase, oh, like, don't minimize how I feel because you're going through things that are worse. But the flip side of that is 
be mindful of what you say outside to people because you don't know what somebody else is going through. Oh, yeah. That's the other side of it. Because I'm getting a little tired of that phrase. It's like, you're minimizing how I feel. Well, how about I say this? Fuck your feelings then. <laughs> Fuck your feelings. You're right. I am minimizing how you yeah. feel. Because you're not thinking about the flip side, about you complaining about luxury because something within your luxury world fell apart. Yeah, perspective-wise, it it still sucks. It does suck. However, you have to be mindful of people around you. You're not doing the human part of being a human being. Yeah, you you put that out there, and you're and then it's like complaining that you didn't get the new iPhone, yeah. and then you need it, you need it, but your parents promised you, but you didn't get it. It's the same concept, yeah. right? And it's like, shut up. <laughs> yeah, just shut the fuck. That's why uh, I, I I remember on the podcast I was talking about a certain influencer who. You know, she talked about like a chip tooth and stuff. And I thought at first, <laughs> I thought at first people were going to fucking read me for that shit because, yeah. you know, she has great fans and stuff. And she's a really sweet girl too, by the way. But uh, no matter how much, how, how I, how much I like her and how much I have an affinity towards her and how awesome of a person she is, a part of me, because number one, I did grow up fucking poor. I don't want to hear you complain about the vacation trip that you took to Italy where you chipped the tooth. You came back to America on this, on whatever money that you had. And then you fixed your tooth for whatever few thousand dollars and got it done in a day. I don't want to hear how that's bad luck. Yeah. How you jumped on your fiance or your husband's back <laughs> and you chipped your tooth. People chip their tooth every fucking day, but not people e- lose their legs. Yeah. What the fuck? And I'm not saying that what you went through was bad, but to sit there and have a video and say, oh man, I'm going through this whole life experience and you start bawling because you chipped your tooth. It's like, have some perspective a little bit. I'm not saying That's what so you went funny. through wasn't bad. What I am saying is the reaction that you got from it and the pity that you're asking for people to see of your pain yeah. is ridiculous. I mean, feelings are, are feelings are always legitimate. This is what I yes. say. Feelings are always legitimate. Your experience is always legitimate. But how you choose to express that is all on you. And mm-hmm. if someone ridicules you, A, you put it out there in the world. Yeah. Because- I'm not going to be, I'm not going to pretend like this fucker's fucking Starbucks order was incorrect and they're throwing a little fucking fit. Like, I'm not going to pretend that that isn't stupid. I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, did you have a bad day? It's like, motherfucker, somebody who, uh, you didn't die. Yeah. Shut up. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, you know, it's also too, it's just, you know, the response, which is like, you know, the universe is teaching me a bitch. Get the fuck out of here. Like you jumped on somebody's back and you chipped your tooth, which is a normal progression of things that happens when you do that on a cobblestone street or something. I almost shit on my friend's bush because I have IBS. What the fuck? (laughs) Did the universe teach me something? (laughs) You know, like it's, it's, it's weird too. And, you know, people do a lot of this stuff too, specifically when it comes to, you know, religion too. They go, you know what? Um... I just, God's teaching me a lesson. God ain't teaching you shit. You left, you left your car keys in your car and your car got stolen. God ain't teaching you shit. Yeah. You're a dumbass. That's and what that is. Th- you, man, this is, this is going into a crazy place, but it's, it, 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 it's like one of the biggest motivations why I created like Jamalian Academy. Yeah. So like, if you guys don't know what Jamalian Academy is, go type it in jamalianacademy.com or just type it in Google Jamalian Academy. I'm creating a school and it's about lessons in life that school doesn't really teach you and just things that I wish I knew. And I'm really sick of the stupidity, the lack of common sense, the lack of basic skills in finance, social skills, relationships, 
all this shit. And, and it just blows my mind how like, we always get to this point. Every time we, we talk about pod in podcasts or JK news or whatever, there's always this point of like, man, people just don't know. Yeah. And then what, I mean, society's going to be a certain way, but what hurts me the most is when our fan base doesn't know. And when our fan base is stuck at a certain place, cause they, it's almost like, I don't know if it's like imposter syndrome or guilt, but it's almost like I keep progressing and winning in life and I have this formula and I'm learning and we're all getting better at life. We're killing it. And they're just watching it happen. And for me, I want, I want them to at least learn and take away. So when we have these like meet and greets and we see them face to face and, and then, you know, you always tell the story of this kid that saw you do funny fat fit and he became more fit than you. Yeah. And those are the things that I'm looking for. And I'm tired and sick of seeing comments and, and, and responses and questions and just people lost and depressed and not doing anything with themselves. And I feel like that is one of the biggest motivators that has been constant as a content creator for me. And I see this in you. And I think this is what ties all of us together is there's a little bit of Christian in us where we just have this duty to help, help, (laughs) give, but ultimately I'm tired of the fucking stupidity. Yeah. But you know, like people are just, they're lost, right? And they don't know how, they don't know where, like you said, like America has a ton of choices. They don't know where to even start. Like we, we're burdened with too much fucking choice. You don't know who's a con artist. Who, you don't know whatever. So I'm doing this school shit all for free. I'm paying out of my fucking pocket to do it. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's just been a passion of mine and it's kind of like sparked this whole new thing for me. Yeah. And I think the important thing is for uh, people to take away is that when, you know, let's say you guys do sign up for Joe Malian Academy, um, it's so a lot of people are afraid to ask questions yeah. because you guys are afraid to feel stupid and dumb. And I think if anything that I've learned and taken away from, especially, you know, I'm like 31 now, is that um, to not ask questions is going to be something that's going to hinder your growth as a human being. 100%. To instead pretend like you know something because you're afraid of being embarrassed and to say the phrases, I don't know, is going to be the biggest thing that's going to stop you from growing as a human being. Number one, two, as an adult, when you, when you fucking bullshit that much, adults smell that shit because yeah. they've been through that already and they, they will hate you for that shit. Yeah. Let me give you the best example. I had a business partner who... The guy's a fucking dumb fuck. <laughs> he did not know how to say the phrase, I don't know. He knows everything, huh? He knows everything. He was supposed to be an expertise in, in everything that we knew. Here's the thing about me, though. I'm somebody who always asks questions. And I yeah. love saying the phrase, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I Even if I say something and somebody goes, they look it up and they go, that's wrong. And, and you know, like this, I'm like, okay, well, I get it then. You know, I'm not going to sit there and argue with you about it. But we would ask him some questions about stuff that would be at the store or things that wouldn't work. And he would give this bullshit response, and I'm very skeptical of it because he sounds unsure. And then I'm like, okay, cool, hold on a second, let me look it up. And I'm looking up. I, mean, I shit you not, I'm looking up the stuff, and I could see him start to sweat bullets, you know. And so I don't even have to look it up at that point to know that he's wrong. He probably got his ass beat for all the time, so he's like trying to get some bullshit and <laughs> answer all the time. It would be some shit like, oh, so why doesn't this uh, this the uh, the cold brew machine work? I was like, it's supposed to lather and foam and leave like a nice like. Uh, head of foam so it yeah. has like this creamy flavor to it where is it he goes oh like uh the, 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 there's like this specific part <laughs> the that bullshit does. starts i was like cool well let me look it up i'm looking it up i'm like no it's because you don't have the thing set right here and i was like it says right here he goes oh oh is that it? okay yeah I, I knew that i was like stop why are you lying to me 
you know, and I'm pissed. And I'm just telling you straight up. I was like, why yeah. did you just lie? Yeah. Why didn't you just say, I don't know? Yeah. That's all Wasted you had to all say. this time. Yeah. You're, you're sitting here just fucking fumbling over your words. Yeah. Uh, 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 it's because, uh, 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 like, bitch, shut the, what the fuck? You wasted my fucking time. <laughs> you know, like, he's telling me this explanation that clearly <laughs> doesn't sound like it makes sense. And you just wasted 30 minutes of my time. Yeah. You know? And it, it was like th- that type of behavior as an adult, I just don't accept anymore. It's like, if you don't know something, don't be afraid to speak up and say you don't know because in the, in the long run, it still makes you look better because you're willing to learn. Yeah. I don't know a lot of shit, dude. That's true. I think people are just scared to be uh, to, sound, to sound stupid and, and ignorant and, and yeah. also like it's embarrassing. And I think there's just a lot of shame that comes along with it. And that's why I did it online. So then like people just can learn about basic finance, credit cards, all that shit. It's okay and not it's, to know that stuff. And, and yeah, and they could, but they could see it through a video, yeah. you know, and that, that shit is, and it's entertaining because it's this, me man, saying shit. You about to say, it's like, what the fuck? David So on Jamalian Academy. <laughs> you know why? Because fucking Greg does everything for me. <laughs> yeah. Go, hey, Greg, can you, here you go. <laughs> you, know? you have a financial advisor, but not everyone has that. Yeah. Um, yeah. They don't have any, they don't have that luxury. You know, like it's important to know these like basic things because yeah. I, I think that's how the reason why knowledge is also very important in terms of stuff that's stuff that I, I in my personal opinion, you should know is because there's a lot of people that can fuck you over if you don't have this knowledge. Yeah, you got to at least know it. So then when you hire the person, you know what the fuck you're hiring them for, you know, mm-hmm. like an account or whatever. And, it, um, you know, I for me, money has never been an emotional or touchy subject, but I'm starting to realize how emotional people are and secretive they are about money. Yeah. Because I went down this rabbit hole of thinking about why is it that they say like over 50% of Americans are like a paycheck, two paychecks away to bankruptcy or just like not being able to fucking live. Mm. And you have all these 50-something-year-olds, like a fuck ton of these guys don't have more than $2,000 in their bank account. Yeah. By the time you're 50-something, you should have... Two thousand dollars in your bank account. Oh, for sure. Or else, what the fuck did you have you been doing with your life? You know, and so it's. I don't think it's the problem with the economy because we live in the richest fucking country in the world. I think it's about budgeting and how people are managing their money and spending and all this shit. But no one wants to talk about that. Budgeting is something that's very hard for people. Uh, even for me too. I, I think I live a little beyond my means. But you know, I'm I'm always in the positive. I'm always you know I'm always saving. I could save a lot more. You know, I know. But I, you, I know your situation, yeah. and you're just. You're just being fucking a cheap ass Asian because you <laughs> you you cover enough. Yeah. There's people out there that should not be buying another car. Yeah. Because uh they're gonna yeah, they can't even afford it. They can't even afford the gas in that car. You know? It's it's really shocking how like here's here's something very, very small that I think a lot of people say that um, I don't know, it doesn't bother me per- so much, but it, it helps me to realize how the concept of saving is is something that's really elusive to a lot of people. For example, uh, I always hear this phrase, and this is from people that I that I see. I can look in your in your photo alone. I already know that you can afford this just on the clothing that you have on your body. I can't. I don't have enough money to travel. Lies. If you have, if I look at your pro- Instagram profile, right. I see you with Air Max Mentas and I see you with a bait hoodie. Those two things alone, you could have traveled with. Yeah. But you chose to spend $600 on Air Max Mentas 
you chose to spend 300 bucks on that bait hoodie. So that alone, you're already close to about a grand. Mm-hmm. You spend $1,000 on the clothes to make yourself look good, then instead of taking that money and enriching your life through travel, which I'm not saying that it's for everybody, but you verbally have said you want to travel. If you want something, there's financially, there's ways to do it. If you saved 20 bucks a month, you could literally go around and beg for $20 a month and figure <laughs> that way around. Yeah. Fig- figure that out for yourself, right? Yeah. If people think too, they go, oh, well, you have a lot of money, so that's why you could travel whenever. That's not true. I save up to travel. Yeah. I, even Mariel knows. I have this little jar outside yeah. that I don't technically need to have a jar to put money in. But I do that as I like the visual of it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, cool, when I travel, if if I want to spend um, like 600 bucks on food alone when I travel for two weeks, I'm going to take all the change that I have throughout the year and put it in there. Yeah. Right now, it's almost been a whole year. I, I, I used it once already when we went to Hawaii and I still have uh, 200 something bucks in it Damn. just from money that I've put in here and there that I would have spent either going out to eat, yeah. that I would have spent on a coffee. I decided to put it in the travel jar instead. So- even if you guys think that financially I'm more stable than you, even when it comes to travel, I still save a little bit here and there for it. I mean, the reason why we become rich is because we we learn how to do things like that. Yeah. And we haven't always been rich. Mm-hmm. You know, we weren't born that way. Um, and if you could save money to buy those shoes, yeah. you could have done the same the other way around. When I when I first started doing music, this guitar that you see right here, this guitar is uh, it's, it's, it's by a, a company called Siegel. I fucking loved it. I wanted this guitar. I was making 200 bucks a week at the men's warehouse at most, about 150 wow. to $200 a week. It took me a damn near a fucking year to save to buy this guitar. But you did it. But I fucking did yeah. it. Yeah. Right? I, I saved up. I scrounged. And by the way, too, I was living with my cousin, paying him rent. Yeah. And I had to work uh, about... I, so I worked at the church. I worked um, a little bit for my parents. And then I worked also a part-time job. Mm. So I had to save up a little bit. And from one of those jobs, I saved up a little bit just to pay off to get that guitar because I wanted to have it. And I think if you took that same... Same type of intensity that you do for material objects. Yeah. You could do the same thing for travel. And I mean, I haven't even paid for travel in the last two years. So there's there's travel hacking. Yeah. That's completely legal. And things like that I'm going to be putting on the page too. But because people don't understand credit cards, and I just released um, basic understanding of credit cards, there's a whole thing called points that people see the rewards and all that. But if you understand how to use it right, things like you're going to buy anyway, like you're going to buy groceries, you're going to buy your clothes, you're going to buy all these things, right? Over the years, you rack up these things called points. And as long as you can budget and um, pay off your bill every month, you get free money, basically. Points to me is free money because it racks up and you can use that for airplane tickets. You could use it for hotel, all that stuff. And it's like, why would... Why would they do that? Why would they give you free shit? Why would credit card companies give you all this free money? Well, that's how they bring people in, right? Like they make it into a game and then people spend more because they go, oh, well, I'm getting points anyway. The key is to spend on things that you were already going to spend on anyway. So if you were going to save up and buy this guitar or whatever, you use the, you know, you save up and you get the money first and then you spend it, but you use your credit card and then you pay it off immediately, but you get the points for it. Mm-hmm. And then so um, so the credit card company, they give you these points because they want you to sign up because they know most people will fuck up. Yeah. Most people will overspend. Most people will go crazy and then they won't 
they'll go, oh, well, maybe I'll split this and, and start paying it off little by little. That's when you get charged interest. And that's when they start making more money on you. But the key of the game is if you keep paying everything off, you just rack up the points and then you get rewarded for that. And so, um, but if you don't understand any of this stuff, and this is basic too, this is not even hacking. Like this yeah, is this just is normal uh, shit. If you understand it, you're going to benefit really well. And since I've racked up so much points over the years, like I'm literally all the traveling that I've been doing for the past two years, hotel room, all that, it's all been points. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. So, so if the, like your Instagram, you know, kid, and for example, like if they're going to buy a thousand dollars worth of clothes, put it on the card, get those points, you know? Yeah. And that's only a fraction of what I do. Like, I open up a ton of cards and I, I kind of hack the system a little bit and I get a ton of good free points. So, yeah. And there's just, you know, it also goes to show, you know, you really have to figure out what you put value into, Yeah, you know, um, like, like, like the kid with the whole bape and stuff like that. It's just also too, if, if you find value in material things and that's your shit that makes you happy, then that's probably the life that you want to live. I don't know if traveling is going to really enrich your life any yeah. more than that. You well, know? They, they'll get their bape sweater dirty and that'll make them sad yeah so just maybe <laughs> traveling's not for you maybe you just want to just you know floss and stay good yeah you know, shit. the for, the whole thing about jamalian academy though it's it's really about working on yourself and making this all into a game yeah. like your life is like a sims you know and whatever you got you, there's a system and there's a there's a way to get better at everything yeah. so don't let don't don't be like a a victim to life, you know, like control it, like, you know, you can win it. So regardless if it's your friendships, your social life, you know, your money, your career, all these things, we weren't taught these things, right? We had to figure it out ourselves. But so many people are just completely lost. Like they, like a lot of people, like they don't even know how to get a promotion and how to negotiate for higher higher salaries. They don't know any of that stuff. Yeah. They just think if I work hard and I stay here and then like in two years, I'm going to um, go in there. I'm going to march into the office and say, I demand a raise. And I'm like, bro, that's not how it works. Yeah. But no, everyone doesn't know that. They just think, hey, man, like I've been spending a lot of time here. Like, I think I deserve more money. Yeah. And it's like, dude. Let me fucking show you guys how to make an extra thousand bucks a month or two thousand bucks a month. It's it's easy if you think about it, right? Like at this point, if I told you, hey, David, can you make another thousand bucks a month? You'll be like, yeah, it's fucking easy. Yeah. Without using your influencer skills. Yeah. Because your mind is just like by running businesses, by knowing how. Like I'll figure it out. You'll figure it out without using any fucking technology like this. I'd figure it out, dude. Yeah. Because I've under I, at this point, like when you become a boss, when you run companies, when you know how things work, you know how to tie everything together. And then there's like a show right now. I think there's like a, a billionaire or a millionaire or whatever. He he he. There's he does these challenges where like for like a month or whatever he he has no money or just a hundred bucks and he has to become rich again or whatever. I think he's gonna be able to do it. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, there, there's ways, man. And I always tell like. I don't always tell this, but you know, I know I know people who have asked advice about um, like money stuff, and I what I'm seeing as a cyclical issue is that a lot of the times too, people want to make money only the way that they want to, and they don't want to do the grunt work. So, for oh. example, um, people say like, "Oh, I 
you know, I, I'm just like short on cash. I don't, I, I can't make money, right? Yeah. And what I'm finding out too, it's it's not that you can't make money. You only want to make money the way you want to make money. Too proud. Too proud. Yeah. Right. For example, like um, I've had people come up to me and ask me like, yo, like I need to borrow like, I don't know, like let's say even something as small as like a hundred and something bucks, mm-hmm. right? In my mind, I'm like, you need to borrow a hundred and something bucks as an adult. Um, there are ways to make that money. Yeah. You Number one, that's poor prep on your part. That means that you weren't financially smart with your shit and you're just living t- paycheck to paycheck mm-hmm. when you when there are options for you not to do it. If you could stay afloat, that means your that means your basic necessities are covered and at that point everything else is gravy, right? Like here's something small. Like just this is just me off the top of my fucking head, right? Let's say uh, I don't know, something happened and I lost all my money and I have to lose this apartment or everything else. Like I don't know why I think about the shit, but I actually do think about this stuff a lot. I do too. Yeah. And I think that's what keeps us hustling. Yeah. Yeah, I think about this. I go, yeah. okay, I probably set up my car, live out of my car for a little bit. And if I don't, have, since I don't, right now, I don't really own a car that's Uber worthy. Yeah. I would go, I, since I have good credit, I would go and I would rent a car, right? Use that rent car money and I would drive enough where I pay that, pay that minimum off and then I would go ahead <laughs> and do Uber rides, pay that off, work fucking nights and hours and days. Yeah. And I try to go work a part-time job on my off hours and then on my off, I would do Uber. And then other than that, I would... Think I, I think about like some shit of going to like doing garage sales, selling, liquidating all my shit out, using that cash to start up and maybe do another business. Like there's like so that's, many. That's dope. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm always thinking like what would happen tomorrow, right? And uh, it sounds easier said than done. I think for most people like, oh, I would love to see you do that. But trust me, I've been in way worse situations than that. I've been in way worse situations. If I went bankrupt and it it has to be legal, that's the that's the game, right? Yeah, Everything no, is legal. No, no, no drugs on this one. <laughs> And if, uh, do I have anything like my car, anything? You still have all your assets. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you do have your car. Do I have somewhere to shower and all that? You have to figure that out. Okay. So, so I have like my car. Um, I don't have a house. I, what about like, do I have my things like my guns and my watches and. Uh, yeah. So I could sell all that. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. But maybe I'll, okay, maybe I'll make it harder on myself. What if I have nothing? The banks came in and took everything, right? And I have you guys, right? So um, first thing I'll do is I'll be like, hey, David, can I crash on your couch? And you'll be like, fuck no. <laughs> and I'll be like, oh, shit. Um, Dang, you're trying to make it really hard for yourself. Dude, I'd have to literally sleep somewhere. Like yeah. I'd have to be a homeless man and sleep somewhere. Yeah. Um. And you know what it what would be really hard is if I don't know anybody yeah. in the city. Like if I'm just in Chicago or somewhere, you know, and no one knows who I am and it's just me. Oh, fuck. That'd be kind of rough. That would be hard. I think the first thing I definitely would do just so I have a place to shower is I would get a 24-hour gym membership. But how about if you don't have any money? How do you get membership? I have to beg for money then. Oh shit! I would just beg for money. I'm not. I'm not above begging for money. If, if I, I have okay, so if I have an ID, and I can walk into a bank and open up a bank account, right? Mm-hmm. I can also open up a credit card because you know I'll have like maybe my credit's not fucked up. Maybe it's just average or whatever. So I'll open up like a like a two hundred dollar credit card, right? Take that. Walk to the gym. What, what you know that they have the, like those super deals where yeah. it's like ten bucks. Then you can get that um, um, for 10 bucks, right? And then shower, all that stuff. Try to get a job 
at the gym <laughs> while yeah. I'm there. If I can't get a job there, then I'm going to walk out and I'm going to walk into every single store in that plaza to try to get the, the goal is to get a job immediately. Yeah. Um, and obviously if you can't, then you got to go find a place to sleep shelters, uh, or you just got to squat you just, or you just got to find a place where you can sleep like a homeless man. Yeah. Yeah. And every day I would just do the same thing until I get a job. Yeah. And then when I get a job, um, I'll, I'll probably, you know, like, you know, you could get motels like, and you could, you could be like, I want a whole week there or whatever. Yeah. But if I have my phone, I'll probably like do Airbnb or whatever yeah. for, and then I would stay at the Airbnb and then I'll tell the owner my situation and then I'll negotiate a lower fee, but I'll stay there for a month. Yeah. And then I'll slowly start building, but then I would immediately start looking for businesses uh, that are being sold. So like I'll look for a business where someone doesn't want to deal with it anymore. And then I would um, look for a bank that can fund me. And then I would buy that business with the bank's money. So I would skyrocket like a motherfucker. And then, boom, I'm back in business. Yeah, it's so funny. Like, it, I know for a lot of people, they go, yeah, right. You know, easier said. I mean, this, these are all scenarios that we're just playing in our head. And, yeah. You know, and by the way, like this blanket statement that I'm saying too, I'm not considering in the fact that let's say it's like somebody with like a wife and a, a wife and like four kids. Oh, that's stuff. hard. Different. I'm talking about the, the, the kid who is like relatively has a roof over his head. It's just him that he has to worry about or, she, or her that she has to worry about. This is the, this, these are the type of people that are approaching me. This is not the, the, the person who's like $10,000 in debt. Um, uh, a family of four with. If you had to reset and start from scratch, and you have nothing, yeah. but the clothes on your back, that's. But you have an ID, yeah. I think I think that's cool. Like as long as you don't have like fucked credit and fucked like, and if you have a criminal history, like if you don't mm. have that, then I think you know it's I a good Will, reset. Will Smith said the best man. He goes. He he says I work every day at as if I don't have a penny in my bank account. I wish I could do that. Yeah, I don't I don't work like that, but Will Smith says it best though. Oh, what the hell? But uh, Will Smith does it really well. And I don't think that, I think that that's a, it's an extreme, but it's a good mentality to have in terms of staying motivated to yeah. continue to work because it's true. You don't know when something's going to happen and take it all away. You don't. I, I really don't. So, And we have very limited time and I just want everyone to do good because yeah. I think at the end of the day, like, um, what I'm feeling is that now we're learning, we're growing, and I just want to play that forward. Yeah. And I want people that enjoy our entertainment to also be able to enrich their lives, you know? Yeah. A hundred percent. Yep. Yeah, guys. Well, that wraps up this podcast. And uh, yeah, man, hope you guys enjoyed that podcast. Check out the Jomalian Academy. And uh, yeah, you could catch us on Spotify, uh, iTunes, any type of audio platform. Give us that five star and share this podcast with your friends because you guys already know we're here to be with you on your everyday life, your commute, whatever y'all need. We're your friends, man. OG cast today. Thank you very much. Bye.